Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers. I've had a few wish me Happy Mother's Day today. And then somebody decided that I didn't have enough Southern drawl, so they bought me a book, How to Speak in the South. I'm getting all kinds of well wishes today. I deserve it, though. I told Kim Dalton, I said, you've got, the, you've got the most southern drawl of anybody in this church. And so she decided to bless me with a gift in return to teach me how to speak southern. But we do wish all of our mothers, young mothers, not-so-young mothers, grandmothers, godmothers, those that have been foster mothers, those that, for whatever reason, maybe they didn't have children themselves, but they became adoptive mothers. What a gift they are. Can someone say amen? There's no way to repay you for your endless sacrifice for those that you love so dearly. But we do celebrate you today. And it is our hope and our prayer that you will be spoiled richly this afternoon. Pray with me if you would right now. Father, we come to you keenly aware of your presence among us and of our need for you. And God, as we Get ready to dive into the Word of God on this special day. Would you speak to our hearts? Lord, would you challenge us? Would you prick our souls, Lord, for a hunger and a thirst for the things of God? We thank you for what you're going to do and what you're going to accomplish and how, Lord, through your Spirit, you're going to speak through this very, very clay and imperfect vessel. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. We give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. I shared with you last week that the Lord's been dealing with my heart about our patriotism to Pentecost, our commitment, our consecration to being a spirit-filled body of Christ. Today, for a few moments, I, I want to talk about the Holy Ghost family. Specifically, I want to zero in on the first Holy Ghost-filled family of the New Testament. Now, if I were to poll that question out this morning to people here, there would be some that would assume that the first Holy Ghost-filled family of the New Testament would have been Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. And while I can appreciate the sentiment, that would be incorrect. The first Holy Ghost family was not 
the family of Jesus. In fact, I have not read anywhere in the New Testament where Joseph, Jesus' earthly father, was even filled with the Spirit at all. And I can say to you with great confidence that it would be at least 33 plus years before Jesus' mother would be filled with the Spirit of God. But according to Luke chapter 1, the first Spirit-filled family of the New Testament was Zechariah, Elizabeth, and John, their son. This was Mary's cousin's family. Zechariah, first of all, was a priest of the Lord. He was unable to father a child for many years. But one day he received a promise from the angel of the Lord as he was performing his priestly duties, as he was offering incense in the temple, doing what God had called him to do. An angel appeared to him. The scripture says in Luke chapter 1 that he was, he was troubled and afraid at the appearance of this angel. The angel said, fear not, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Zechariah was troubled, being old and well stricken in years, having been barren for all these decades of time, and he asked the question in return, how can this come to pass? I'm an old man. I am well stricken in years. Gabriel, the angel, said to him, to prove that this is going to come to pass, you will not be able to talk, in essence, for the next nine months and eight days. God struck him dumb for his lack of faith. I've pondered that several times, and I thought, so Zechariah can't talk for the next nine months. There's no, come on, Elizabeth, I want to go out for dinner. There's no, come on, Liz, you cannot be that tired. There's no, Liz, those clothes really aren't fitting anymore. Where she would want to hold up the hand and say, stop talking. I thought this week, I said, you know, there's probably women in our congregation that probably wish that dumb spirit would have come over their husband when they were pregnant. When they said, I need my pickles or my ice cream, don't complain, just do it. Sandra had an extremely difficult pregnancy. Uh, she just couldn't hold anything down. She was that, that morning sickness for her was morning, afternoon, evening, and it lasted all the way to the birth of our son. She literally was sick her whole pregnancy. And she lived off of strawberry ice cream and french fries from McDonald's. Sometimes it was 9.30 at night, and she'd say, Honey, I need some McDonald's french fries and strawberry ice cream from Baskin Robbins. 
And there were times that I would just sigh. Yes, dear. And I'm sure during that time she probably wished a dumb spirit would have come over me. The name Zechariah means Jehovah remembers. When the time came to name that miracle child that has been given to him and Elizabeth, the people naturally want to name him Zechariah after his father, who, by the way, still cannot talk even after the birth of his son. Mama Liz is telling all the people around, no, the baby's name is going to be called John. That's what we've been instructed to name him. But Elizabeth, no one in your family or kindred is named John. And so they made some signs to the father. What do you want to name the child? And the Bible tells us that he wrote down his name, John. And immediately upon writing his name down, the Bible says his tongue was loosed and he praised God. And I like what Luke chapter 1 verse 67, it says, And his father was filled with the Holy Ghost and he prophesied. This man hadn't spoken for nine months. And when he opened his mouth with a spirit-filled heart, he began to prophesy. He prophesied about Jesus. He said Jesus would come and redeem his people. He said Jesus would raise up a horn of salvation. He said Jesus would save us from our enemies. That he would cancel the debt of sin by remembering the covenant. And then the scripture says that he prophesied over his own newborn baby, John, and he declared this prophecy. He said, and you, dear child, shall be called the prophet of the highest and shall go before the Lord to prepare his ways. I'm here to tell you today that the first family, a Holy Ghost-filled family of the New Testament, had a father that was filled with the Holy Spirit. And may I say today, oh God, grant unto us men of God that are hungry and thirsty to be filled with the power of the Spirit from on high. Somebody ought to say amen. And then you have baby John, this one who would be the great forerunner for Jesus Christ. The Bible says he would come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. This little infant child would, be, would grow up and his diet would be locust and wild honey. He would live in the wilderness and, and just before Jesus' public ministry, he would pave the way preaching a message of repentance and righteousness. This one Jesus, uh, John, this one named John Jesus would later say there's never been a greater one born of women than John the Baptist. And yet the Bible teaches that at his birth, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. If you go back to that same chapter in Luke chapter 1, verse 15 it said for John shall be great in the sight of the Lord he shall neither drink wine nor strong drink and he shall be 
filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. The NIV version says he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. What I've come by to share with you is that what happened to the first Spirit-filled family of the New Testament is that when that baby was born, the first time he saw the world, he was clothed or endued with the Spirit from on high so that he could perform that that had been spoken about him. Let me just stop here and preach for a few moments. We are living in a time and it is becoming very disconcerting to your pastor that our youth need the Holy Ghost. Our children need the Holy Ghost in this age more than they have ever needed him before. And yet it seems that the subject of spirit baptism is not as popular even in the Pentecostal and charismatic churches. In, in other words, they come across issues and we want to counsel them and we want to coddle them and we want to address issues like real bullying and cyber bullying and underage drinking and the destructive effects of tobacco and, and vaping and jeweling and, and whether certain kind of drugs should be legalized and how we will coach our kids to the changes in the world and, and how to help them work through their sexual identity and how to preserve the earth and all of these are, are real issues but I'm telling you right now, we could solve a lot of these problems if we get back to the place that we, we promote and we preach and we teach that our children and our young people need the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. I'm telling you, it's just as real today as it ever has been. I'm telling you, we need to see a Holy Ghost interruption amongst our children and amongst our youth. Somebody give God praise. Our youth and kids need the power. They need the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. You see, I read in Acts chapter 2 that this promise is unto you. What promise? The promise of the Holy Ghost baptism. The promise of the Holy Ghost infusion. The promise of the Holy Ghost indwelling. This promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. I'm afraid today that we've put Holy Ghost baptism on the back burner, but I'm calling the Pulaski Church of God back to the reality that we still need Holy Ghost filled families and it doesn't just need to stop with mom and dad we need our children filled with the power from on high I feel this burning in my spirit because I know that we're in the 21st century and the generation I'm watching today where we have a tendency to put a band-aid on the symptoms but I'm telling you it's time to get to the root of the matter it's time to stand up and be counted it's time to declare that our youth and our kids that we realize they're not going to be as strong in Christ without the infilling and the infusing of the Holy Ghost from on is there anybody else in the house that feels 
this. I'm telling you, I'm looking for a divine interruption. Isaiah prayed and he said, Lord, rend the heavens and come down in our midst. I'm looking for a divine interruption like they had in Acts chapter 10 when Peter was preaching to the house of Cornelius. And while he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on everyone in the house. I'm telling you, God is no respecter of persons. He wants our youth and our children to experience the Holy Ghost and the fire of God. Hallelujah. That's why we need Winterfest. Come on now. That's why we need youth camps. That's why we push them. Hmm. We'll spend thousands of dollars to send them to a sports camp and then cry poverty when it's time to go to youth camp. That sports camp may tell them how to swing a bat better. It may teach them how to handle a ball better, but it will not produce eternal results. That's why when youth camp time rolls around, we got to shove it down their throat. Get them in there so that they have the potential of having an encounter with God. When a kid fest or a winter fest rolls around, get them in there. If you have to take a second job for a couple of weeks to foot the bill, I'm telling you, our young people are subject to so many different attacks of the enemy, but God is still filling people with the Holy Ghost that hunger and thirst after him. I pray for a revival of Holy Ghost baptism amongst our children. It's not cutesy. It's not sweet. God is still calling He called Joash at seven years old to be king. He called Josiah at eight years old to be king. God has a plan like he did for Samuel, Jeremiah, and John the baby Baptist from birth through the power and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Well, you're getting a little too radical for me. Might as well pack it up and take it on down the street then. I'm not changing anytime soon. Am I the only one that senses that we're getting a little too sophisticated? Am I the only one that senses that we're getting a little too Dignified? When the Holy Ghost fell in the church, in the church of my younger years, you wouldn't dream of somebody throwing a cigarette butt on the church property. They wouldn't chuck a beer can on the church property. I'm telling you what, when those windows were open and those songs of Zion were being sung out the windows, and some of you remember it from right here in the town of Pulaski, I'm telling you, when people walked by, they, they shut their cursing and swearing down because they knew they were walking past God's house. Learned just this morning, some straggler passing by, 
I don't know what got into him. It was really troubling to my spirit. But he flipped the bird at our property. Now, evil is evil. And the devil's got a hold of a lot of people. But I want to tell you something. We need to get beyond treating the symptoms. You want to help them deal with cyberbullying? Get them the Holy Ghost. You want to help them deal with real bullying? Get, a, get the Holy Ghost inside of them. Come on, somebody help me preach. They're struggling with drug addiction. Oh, they need to be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, when you get saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, the devil can empty his arsenal against you, but no weapon formed against you will prosper because you're walking in the power of the Spirit of God. My God, I feel his spirit. I'm telling you, I know you thought this was going to be a Mother's Day. Let's, let's cheer on the moms. But I've come by to tell you, God is wanting to interrupt the work at Pulaski Church of God with a demonstration of his spirit Lord help me we need a revival of the Holy Ghost and then you have Elizabeth this precious, godly woman who's older, well stricken in years, well past the natural ability to bear children. But her name, her name means the oath of God. Remember, Zachariah's name means Jehovah remembers. Put them together, what you got? Jehovah remembers the oath of God. That's awesome. Can you imagine the very one-sided conversation? You know, it's normal us men don't talk much anyway. Our wives want the details. How was your day at work today? Fine. That's not what she wants to hear. Can you imagine what it was like? Zachariah walks in the door. He's been at the temple. Hello, honey, Elizabeth says. How did everything go down at the temple today? No answer. How was everything with the burning of incense to Jehovah? Silence. Why aren't you answering me? I think my wife said that to me one time this week. <laughs> Zachariah, she doesn't know he can't answer. So he just, he just motions to her. I imagine it going something like this. She's still confused. 
So Zechariah takes out a piece of parchment, and he writes it down. And he says, this is what he writes. An angel has visited with me, and we are going to have a son, and God will use him to turn many to the Lord. Now, I imagine about that time, he gets a little twinkle in the old man's eyes, a little pep in his step. He takes Mama Liz by the hand, and they head to the back of the house, and the rest of it you can figure out. Because within a few days, Elizabeth was pregnant. And Zechariah couldn't even say, I told you so. Isn't that something? <laughs> Six months later, her cousin Mary, just impregnated with the seed of the Son of God by the Holy Spirit, she shows up. When Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, two things happen. Number one, the baby leaped within her. And number two, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. She instantly became a Holy Ghost mama. Let me just make a couple observations right here. The first thing that I want to tell you that I see from this is what comes out when the Holy Spirit comes in. The first word out of her mouth was blessed. She said to Mary, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Blessed are you for believing, Mary, the word that has come to you. This Holy Ghost-filled Elizabeth prophesied and said, For there shall be a performance of those things which were told from the Lord. Can I just shuck a little more corn here? Thank you. I got one person. We've had enough parental cursing of our children. You degrade your child, you speak curses upon them, you call them stupid and idiots and dumb, and when they end up that way, you can take partial credit because you sent them in that direction. But I pray God would get hold of some mamas with the Holy Ghost. That they would become aggressive and diligent and they would become a vigilante against the hounds of hell that are coming against your children. And when the blessed word is followed by a spirit-filled life, it will impact heaven and it will shake the kingdoms of darkness. Second thing I want you to see right there is not only were the first word out of her mouth was blessed, but I also want you to notice the setting. When Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, it was not in a church service. We think the clothing from on high has to be within these four walls. It's some kind of ecclesiastical setting. 
But can I tell you the same Holy Ghost that moves around these altars is wanting to penetrate your home as well? Can I tell you that, that, uh, that the Holy Ghost will move powerfully when mothers of the home are touched by God's Spirit and they are impacted and they are anointed and they are filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes, yes. We say no pressure, but I'm telling you I'm saying pressure. Moms, we must have your spirit-filled prayer life. We've got to have your tears. We've got to have your cryings. We've got to have your, your groanings. I'm telling you, and I've shared it before, in those altar services, I could count on one thing for sure. I might pour out my heart till the very end of service, and everybody else was gone, but one thing that was always consistent, Brother Jerry, every time I looked up, there was one hand that stayed on my shoulder, and there was one speaking in tongues that I could hear right behind me. And I'm telling you, I'm here today serving God because of a Holy Ghost mama that prayed me out of some situations and prayed me through some circumstances. I'm telling you today, I stand here and I'm privileged that come August of this year, she'll turn 80 years old. And I'm telling you, she's a two-time cancer survivor and she is tough as nails. But one thing's for sure, when I see that neck start to get a little red and I hear those tongues start pouring forth out of her, I know that I'm in the very best condition I can be as her son because she's building up her most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost and I'm telling you moms today God is wanting to raise up some Elizabeths in the house that will say no matter what anyone else is doing in my family I'm going to be filled with the spirit of God and I'm going to see God change my family for his glory now let me tell you something I preach this backwards. Because in the first Holy Ghost family, Elizabeth was the first one that got the Holy Ghost. Then John the infant, and then finally Zechariah. Get the Holy Ghost, Mama. And those stubborn, stiff-necked, hard-hearted, hard-headed children won't withstand the conviction that's associated with your prayers. You cannot win them through the flesh. Your weapons are not carnal. But praise God, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of any stronghold that is built against them. Get the Holy Ghost, Mama. God will break the pride of that stubborn, unsaved husband. Just so you know, when we're leading up to Mother's Day, it doesn't happen every year, but it does happen quite often. My wife goes, are you going to be nice to the mothers this Mother's Day? 
She never says that about Father's Day, man, I can tell you. Never ask the question. But you're going to be nice to the mothers on Mother's Day? Well, yeah, I'm going to be nice. I'm doing what God tells me to do. And if she's watching on Facebook right now, I'm going to get it this afternoon. Maybe you thought you were just coming to get a, a pat on the back and tell you what a great job you're doing, and you are. There are Proverbs 31 women all around this room. Your price is far above rubies, and your husband does trust you, and you do work willingly with your hands, and you do bring food in to feed your babies, and you do rise in the dark while the children are sleeping to care for them, and you do reach out to the needy, and today your children ought to, to bless you, and today your husband ought to praise you, and today your work should praise you in the gates. But this morning, your pastor's come by to put a burr in your saddle and remind you that some of you have babies and grandbabies that are dying without Jesus. The primary way they're going to be captured and arrested is through your Holy Ghost-filled prayer life. Been singing it all week, couldn't find it on the internet anywhere. Probably shows you how old I am now. Some of you may remember it. I don't even remember who sang it. But it's a little chorus that goes over and over in my mind. It goes like this. I'm so glad mama's prayers followed me. I can almost see her now on bended knees as she prayed for my soul, asking God to make me whole. I'm so glad mama's prayers followed me. Been singing that over and over. And I know there's people in this room. You're in this room because mama's prayers made the difference in your life. And if we're not careful, We'll allow the world culture to influence us to believe that it has an answer for your children and grandchildren's problems. But the answer is the same today as it always has been. God's people filled with God's Spirit bombarding heaven and shaking the caverns of darkness. Every head bowed and every eye closed. <coughs> what I've preached to you on this Mother's Day is that in most families, and I don't know if it's because of the tender heart of mom, 
there's something about a family's direction when mama gets the Holy Ghost. When mama prays in the spirit. When mama lifts up her cries and her groans and her tears flow like a river for her children. Those children she went to the throes of death for. She writhed in pain to bring them into this world. And is willing to do whatever it takes. We'll play a little song. And I want every mother in the house to come up here and join me around this altar. Would you go ahead and play it? Just listen to this song. Listen to this song. Let it bless you. I thought you'd like to know all those nights you paced the floor Praying I would make it home all right Believing God that He would someday save my soul Well, He did And I thought you'd like to know I thought you'd like to know all those prayers you prayed for me Never one once fell to the ground I know sometimes it looked like I was a million miles from grace He answered your prayers And I thought you'd like to know stand here today with a burden for your children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren. 
I want you to lift both hands to the Lord around this altar. You and the congregation stand, would you? Beg God for the Holy Ghost in your life. Beg God for the Spirit to work in you, infuse you and indwell you and empower you. Anoint the women of God standing around this altar. Fill them with your Holy Ghost and fire. Fill them with your Spirit, Lord. Some of them haven't prayed in tongues, prayed in the Spirit. It's been a while. May the groanings come over their heart and soul again. Maybe all their children are serving the Lord. But there's many needs in their children's lives. There are some serious, serious needs represented in the hearts of these mothers that stand here. I wish somebody would lift up their voice to the Lord right now and just cry out to Him. God, we're desperate for you. We've got to have your touch. We've got to have your spirit working in our lives. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, fill these handmaidens of the Lord with your power, with your spirit. children. Call our children to ministry. Save them from their trespasses and sins. Deliver them from that alcoholic addiction. Deliver them from that pornographic addiction. Deliver them from that relationship that is toxic and poisonous that is taking them down. I'm watching my child, my God, I'm watching my child. I went to the throes of death to bring them into this world. Oh, some, some woman of God right now needs to put the devil on notice. You're not going to sit passively by and let him snatch and steal the soul of your child. But you're going to get down to business with God. And you're going to bombard heaven. And you're going to depopulate hell. And you're going to come against the hounds of darkness. You will not sit passively by. But you're going to get aggressive because your weapons are not in your natural strength. But it's in your prayer time with God that God will move heaven and earth to capture and arrest their soul. My God, I feel His Spirit. Somebody give Him praise in this house. Get them to youth camp. I said, get them to youth camp. I pray that God will interrupt our youth on Wednesday night with a demonstration of His Spirit. I pray that God will interrupt our children on Sunday morning. I hope one of these days they come walking out of there staggering like they've been drunk in the Holy Ghost. You thought they were just getting some cutesy little lesson, but the power of God falls in the house of God. I'm telling you, the power of God, the Holy Ghost wants to touch our children. 
Weaver, come on up here if you would. Thank God for a praying mama. You can't just pray for them on Sunday. You just can't pray for them riding down the road while you're trying to control your road rage and get a hold of God at the same time. Oh, no, it's not going to work that way. You're going to have to find your closet, Mom. You're going to have to find your closet, Mom, and get down to business with God. And then watch the hand of God work on your behalf.